To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Jen, introduce your friend. <laughs> oh, hi, everyone. And stop playing with your phone. We're not doing I'm, that today. We're, we're not, not doing a live cheat? You're not looking no, at a live No, we are, stream? but we're not, we're not shopping on eBay, and no. we're not getting on TikTok. She's on TikTok. the live chat. <laughs> on the live chat. <sighs> I don't watch TikTok. How am I supposed to enjoy a TikTok if there's no sound? Oh, both of y'all are on your phones. <laughs> I'm playing the live on my phone. phone. Okay, hi everyone. Jesus Christ. This is my friend Jacqueline from college. She's in town from Connecticut, mm -hmm. and this weekend she's joining us on our live streams. Yeah, thank you for having me. Where I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad. I'm only speaking for myself. I'm pretty sure they're glad too. Jacqueline, tell us about yourself. And I think everyone's wondering this same thing, but can we call you J Dog? I think that's pretty cool. That would be a first. Yeah, I like J Dog. I don't that think it'd be a first. Yeah, I've had a lot of nicknames, but that's a first. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> tell us about yourself. So yes. Um, I'm from Connecticut, born and raised, lived there my whole life. I am a physician assistant and I work in electrophysiology. So it's arrhythmias and pacemakers and defibrillators and all that cool stuff. So. Oh, fun. Awesome. Yeah. Jen, what does she work in? She does medical and, stuff. And what? <laughs> Electro what? Physiology. Was that right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Right. Tested him. That's right. <laughs> Why are you testing me, bro? <laughs> What's up, everyone? I, uh, this is the Talk More Me podcast. I'm going to go ahead and jump through the formalities here if you guys don't mind. Go for it. I know we're running a little behind. Welcome to the Talk More Me podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole and our special guest, J Dog. We have a lovely, lovely story today. If you like this story, you can stay around for the next story that we're doing after this that will be for our Supremos, a live stream just for you guys. You can find that at uh, patreon.com slash talk murder to support us. And we really appreciate it. We're trying to hit 100 and I think we're like at 93 or 94. We're really close. So we would really appreciate that. But if you want to hit, hit that episode, if not, don't worry. I know times are tough. Those episodes will be out next week, probably Tuesday and Thursday, depending on how many episodes we got do, that we can do today. I have like three planned, but we may only do two. So and if you like this, check out our sister podcast, Among the Dirt and Trees, Brianna, Colorado. She's doing a fantastic job and I love producing her podcast and she's killing it. So we also do trivia on the live chat. If you haven't subscribed, be sure you subscribe right now so you can partake in trivia i got all kinds of really cool true crime rare prizes that you definitely want to to get oh I, we got page, new patreon members let me um shout them out and then we will do a surprise shot that none of us are looking forward to i kind of am curious i don't say that i'm not looking forward to it <laughs> i'm but gonna I just... say i'm not looking forward to it <laughs> i'm also by curious i meant curious wait sorry that was that was stupid womp, there, I'm, lear, learn something new every day about you uh, so our newest members are Tim, Chris, Harrison, and Frisk, Risk, Frisk. That's the name that we're going. Tim, Harrison, and Frisk, Risk, Frisk. No, who's the other one? You screwed me up with that last one. Frisk, Risk, Risk, Frisk. All right, with Tim, Eric... Harrison. Harrison, Jesus Christ! Harrison. How many times do I need to repeat that myself? That last one like threw me off. So Tim, Fr Eric, Harrison, and Frisk, Risk, Risk, Frisk, Risk, Risk, Frisk. That's the name we're going with. All right, so Frisk, Risk, 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 Frisk. If so, you have an easier one, like I'm just gonna call you Frisk. We're just gonna go with that. Frisky. Frisk, can I see how that's spelled? No, it's exactly what you think it is. Frisk, Risk, Frisk. <laughs> I think she's trying Frisk. to compete with Tram. Yeah, with cool names. <laughs> Maybe it's just like an anagram. Mabes. 
like maybe Chris is the name. So Tim, Eric, Harrison, and Frisk. Thank you guys so much. I just think of Miss Frizzle. Oh, that's yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's all I'm yeah. thinking about. Yeah, yeah Magic. Was, like Magic School Bus. The name. Right? Yeah. Not that I'm thinking about Miss Frizzle, but like. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about her. <laughs> Sexually, I'm in. No. <laughs> All right, let's you know get that, into it. I think it. that's like a the type of kink, though, like cartoon characters. I think like some people. Oh, yeah. Didn't we yeah. talk about? We talked about that in one of our episodes. Like, I remember the Danny Phantom person, like the cartoon, like the girl. Yeah, we did talk about that. What's that killer's name, Jen? The Danny Phantom person. I don't remember his name, but he was the guy that went to the grocery store. <laughs> what was the grocery store? Which one was it, Jen? I can't tell you, John. <laughs> Save that for a trivia question, okay? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's go. a good trivia. That question. is a good trivia question. Yeah, but the the, ki- the cartoon character's name was Trixie, wasn't it? I don't remember. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Lauren, Thank are you. you taking it with us? I know you said you you may. Um, and I, I feel like that is only fair. And Lauren said something like, what's up with you and Vegemite? Hating Vegemite, bro. She called me bro. Bro. So I've uh, never okay. had Vegemite. And let me tell you, I took one whiff and there's a reason why. Is this like an actual shot that people take? And it's like I'm not. I'm not taking this crap. Don't you be are. a pussy. We did Everclear. We can no, do this. this is yeast. <laughs> this right. is a yeast Cheers. infection. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh my f- no, ma'am! What the hell? What was that? It does taste like the description, which says said tastes like regret. Ugh. It says tastes like regret on the can. Yep, definitely regret on on the on the <laughs> recipe, dude. Why would y'all eat that, Lauren? It's like. The, but the, no, the but box. that's like, I don't think you can judge the flavor of Vegemite on that shot because there was also bourbon. I know yeah, I taste there's bourbon. Like, there's yeah. something in there. Yeah, but who, honey. Yeah. Honey. Honey. That was fucking nasty. Just I'm bourbon sorry. and honey. Yeah. And it, it needed a little bit of water to mix the yeah, so It's like a hot toddy with Vegemite instead I feel of lemon. Like singeing. Jesus Christ! As oh like as bad that of a is flavor as a that good was, yeah. It, no. As bad of a flavor as it was, I still rate the Everclear shot worse than that. Hey, oh, really? Can you guys on live chat do me a favor? Can you just comment on how many people in this room took a chaser? Because I did not. As, it's water. As the man, and I I I digested mine before I took the sip of that. Can we get a replay? You, it takes four hours to digest, Jen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Here's I don't one. care. That's two, that was three, gross. Four. That was gross. Who won? That was nasty. Who won that shot? <sighs> there are no winners in that shot. Only losers. All right. Who's ready to do this? Who's ready to? Who's ready to unsubscribe? Shran, <laughs> <laughs> this is your story, and I don't know. I don't want to say it was nice. I'm not gonna say anything. Let's just do it. <laughs> do you know what this is? <laughs> no. I, I do know. Okay. I do know what this is. Well, tell me where we're going tonight. Very appropriate that it was Lauren's time for a shot because I know we're going to Australia. Oh. Today. Australia. You know where that's at, Jen? Or should I pull up the... the and that map? was pure coincidence <laughs> that it was timed for Lauren's, by Wait. the way. That was great. Wait, this is Lauren in Australia? Lauren is originally from Australia. But she's living she in She lives in the UK. Oh, okay. The other day, and let me just press Ephesus. I love all you guys that pay us money, but <laughs> <laughs> the other day, a lot of you guys decided to team up on me and my back was on the wall. So just remember that. And how did you respond? Did you fight, flight or freeze? This is my response. And I'm not going to say my opinions on anything. I'm going to try to be completely unbiased. Okay. 
But I am the only podcaster that has this opinion. I can promise you that. I All believe right. it. And All what right. is your opinion? <clears throat> well, let's let's talk about the story. All right. So this is where we're going to tonight. The Balencia apartment building. It's a nice apartment. And Lauren, you need to tell me, is this a nice neighborhood in, in Australia? It looks nice. But we're actually going on the 12th floor. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Wow. Whoa. That's a fancy building. I think there's 27 or either 27 or 23 is 27 floors on this building right here. St. Kilda Road, room number 1201, December 2nd, 2010. There's a resident that goes down to the front office. Couldn't find out who it was. Probably the killer. But I think it was someone on the first floor, which will make sense here in a minute. A resident that lives there goes to the front office and knocks on the door of the maintenance room and says, quote, there are crumbs in the lift. Someone's left a real mess. The staff member of this apartment, Miss Beetle, B-E-T-U-L, Olzup. She goes and checks the room. Now, this is 7 p.m. at night. Crumbs in the elevator? Like, that's your biggest complaint? Go on. <laughs> well, there, it was a, obviously, it's a nice apartment building. Yeah, but I this mean, is like, a, I mean, you saw the Porsche It's a luxury outside. apartment. So you shouldn't expect that. That Porsche you know? outside, he's like, whatever. Like, come Ticket on. it, tow it. I don't care. I got like <laughs> seven of these. Miss Beetle alls up, goes, and she checks inside the trash compactor room, which is at the bottom floor, because obviously it's backed up, because the garbage, the garbage shoot. Uh, shoot it is is basically just a door there's no crumbs there the crumbs are coming up because it's backed up and the machine is is down it stopped working it it found something that that it overloaded the machine which we'll talk about so those were the crumbs so oh i'm gonna show you the the exact makeup of this garbage disposal is very important, Jacqueline. Very important. All right. All right. But there were five wheelie bins in that room. And I'm going to tell you how all this garbage stuff works. I learned a lot about garbage. Or excuse me, rubbish. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we're in Australia, so, you know. Now, you're full of rubbish. <laughs> one of the five wheelie. I forgot about that word. One of the five wheelie bins was tipped over on the conveyor belt. Now, normally these these garbage wheelie bins. Here's how they work. They'll get full, and then once it's full, there's a sensor that goes off, and then it'll rotate around a carousel, which is relatively close to it. It's a small carousel. It's not huge. The bin will rotate around. And a new bin will be filled up. And this is because in an apartment with 27 floors, you got a lot of trash. That stuff, that uh, garbage compactor gets filled up all day long. And they have to compact it, obviously, because there's so much trash. Th it can't be something with the garbage no. disposal. Because this garbage, the whole system, the chute, the garbage disposal, the compactor, had just gone through a, a major service. Last week, they came in here. This apartment was constructed in 2008. That's when it was commissioned. So it's 2010 on December, Jen. Second, in 2010. December 2nd. So there are maintenance people there. Plus the, the garbage disposal is only two years old. So there's routine maintenance to mm. make sure it's going to have that longevity. Anyway, I mean, what's the issue now, right? I mean, why is this thing already messing up? Right. In, inside this garbage disposal room, the staff member, Miss Beetle, thinks she sees a what lying there? That is what everyone sees. You want us to answer? A body? A mannequin. <laughs> 
there's this weird psychology that we we see in true crime where if you come across a body and I don't know, maybe someone can attest to this. I see it in all these cases. Someone comes across a body, even if it's out in the woods and it's got blood all over it or in a trash can or whatever. A lot of people just automatically think that it's a mannequin. And the reason that is, and I'm not a psychologist, is because it's so horrific the mind is saying, okay, it, it can't be that is a mannequin, obviously. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. It can't be something. It can't be human. Yeah, it can't be human mm. because that, that doesn't fit with my reality type that of thing. That makes sense. So she, she looks closer. Now, the book that we're reading talks about how she goes in there and she, the staff member, she kind of knows it's not a mannequin. And obviously it's a body. And she only sees it through her peripheral vision because she's so distressed about it that she's trying to make sure that it is what it is, but not looking at it. She's looking this way and trying because she's so distressed. Right. It talks a lot about that. But on the second look, when she actually put her eyes on it, this is what she saw. It was a bleeding, mangled mess, which looked like the body of a young, dark haired woman lying motionless on her back. She takes that one look and then she confirms it in her mind. Okay, this was this is a woman. I think it's a woman. It's a it's a bloody mess. This woman went through a, a trash compactor. Ugh. And this woman, I, th I think is a woman, was actually jammed between the door and the wall, which we're going to talk about. So she survived the being compressed and being cut up and the, the room, which is about the size of this room right here, not very large, just a, a normal bedroom size. She crawled around because obviously there's blood, there's blood streaks everywhere. She's crawling around and she made it to the door and she propped herself up on the door and in between the wall. And that's where she she stayed. Mm. So Natasha asked, so was so was the body compacted in it? And that's why it was mangled that's like, like it was pressed down by the machine type thing we're going to talk a lot about the machine okay but I, I will say to answer your question and maybe you guys can do the math on this i haven't really done the conversion but before this fall into the garbage compactor this said female was 175 centimeters in height after said fall she was 165 centimeters so she went down she she was compressed which is just terrible to think about did you know that when you eject um like pilots that have to eject, emergency eject out of their jets like it compresses their spine and they'll shrink a couple inches really? you really only want to press that eject button if you have to so i don't i don't actually i don't actually just flee the plane like i'm a man so i'm gonna okay I'm a we're we are we are <laughs> we are discuss first of all you won't get on a plane <laughs> second of all you did used to jump out of airplanes but it was a parachute and like you were actually jumping out it, i'm talking about like jet pilots when they have to press their like you're... eject seat button is that why your brother-in-law is so short? No, that is not why he's so <laughs> short. But I do recall a conversation with somebody about like he uh, someone was already like fairly short for a guy and he had to eject from um, his pilot seat. And he was like he lost another like two inches and he was only like five, six to begin with. You know, just, he was like, just like, damn it. I mean, oh, man. I mean, it's basically like, I mean, it, it is explosives. Under yeah. Your seat. Yeah. Like under your seat. Mm. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. You literally have fire under your ass and 
Compressors are fine. I got shorter after jumping because in the army, if you if you're a paratrooper in the army, you don't land. There's no landing. You 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 crash. You control crash. You land on your back. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. And yeah. that is why you have such severe back problems. There you have sense. it. I remember so one time when we were going through um like a lot of stuff for John's disabilities post army. Um, he was, we were at a doctor's office and they were like testing, you know, like the reflexes, like, you know, how your, your knee's supposed to like bump up. Mm-hmm. And so she was like testing his toes and she was like, do you feel that? And he was like, I'm supposed to feel something like she, like, does, you, you don't have feeling in like one of your <laughs> entire legs, like three of your toes. And then all of a sudden of I just, pow, kicked her <laughs> shit out of her. <laughs> this woman was in this garbage compactor room and th- this room was locked. They keep it locked, obviously, because there's a death machine in here basically there were streaks of blood on the floor of this compactor room and she had obviously been alive at one point crawling around the carousel which i'm going to show you here in a second she had obviously been alive when she fell through the compactor we're going to talk about the the actual garbage compactor but there's two i mean think about it industrial blades Mm. because it's like a garbage it's like the it's like a disposal in a sink well exactly that's exactly what it is i thought a trash compactor pushed down instead of it does it it does but it has to cut it has to cut it up first Uh, it cuts it up and then it compresses it i didn't know that i I thought it just compressed no it cuts it all it cuts it at least twice like a a garbage disposal and then it compresses so she went through both of those both of those machines i did not know that both the both the the two blades that cut and then the compressor i'm kind of like I kind of wish I didn't have a garbage disposal because I'm afraid of like, not that I would ever stick my hand in a running garbage disposal, but like I'm afraid of something happening and my hand getting caught in there. Like I a, am worried. Like a ghost? It, wor- it does. How it about you it just- makes me very nervous. Yeah. Like, it makes me very nervous. I have to be I sure a- that it's off before I, I well, and even if I stick something in there, <laughs> like I, I always try to, like if I have to get something out of there, I always try to use a tool so that I don't have to stick my hand in there. I have a great yeah, grandfather that lost like three fingers from a snowblower getting the hand yeah, in the snowblower really oh yeah mm-hmm. it freaks me out thinking yeah. about that sort of thing i almost lost this finger jen <laughs> <laughs> the compactor room was a scene of carnage there was blood everywhere congealing blood trails led towards the body and the rest of the floor was covered in rubbish uh, i don't like that Gross. yeah all right so what you're looking at now is the actual thing the actual garbage disposal and i'm going to go into all this but this is what it looks like right here so this is a waste tech this is the compactor what you're looking at right now okay so as you see this do you see the carousel here it's not i mean it it rotates around this uh cylinder Uh uh-huh and once the trash is full a new bin rotates around using this carousel. So this is this is the carousel. Right. You see what I'm saying? So this. there's one bin here, one bin here, mm-hmm. then there's three more. One of the bins, which I believe was this one because this one is not in its location, was dismantled from the conveyor belt completely. It was on the floor. Intentionally? You tell me. This is a crazy case, a really crazy case. And I know you guys have heard it before, a lot of you guys, but we're 
we're going to try to get through it and try to put some new light on some things. But anyway, I'm going to go over a brief overview of the case right quick, and then we'll get started like in depth. So tonight we're discussing the case of Phoebe Hanzuck. You guys know who this is. Mm -hmm. So this is Phoebe right here and her boyfriend at the time. The boyfriend is the one everyone is most curious about. His name is Anthony. However, he likes to be called Ant. This is the book we're reading right now. Into the Darkness, The Mysterious Death of Phoebe Hanzuck by Robin Bowles. And that's what Nicole's going to be reading. Phoebe from the Greek Phoebos means bright and shining. Here's here's basically how this is going to go down. Did did she jump down there herself or did someone stuff her down there? Jacqueline, have you ever lived in an apartment with a garbage chute? No, I haven't. I've never lived in an apartment. So the, the, the actual door, you pull it down. It's mm -hmm. a very heavy door with springs on it. And you can barely, you have to use two hands because if not, it shoots right back up. But it's about the size of a pizza box. Okay. And you pull it down. You take your other hand, put the trash bag in there, wh whatever floor you're at. Yeah. 27th floor to the whatever floor. Mm -hmm. And then it goes down this huge cylinder tube all the way down. Pizza boxes are hard to fit in garbage chutes. Mm -hmm. Pizza boxes are hard. Like not fold. Not like a Benny's pizza box, like oh, a regular yeah. pizza yes, box. Yes, correct. Like a large pizza. Yeah, it's like you twelve inches it in yeah. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of twelve inches, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Divided by seven. <laughs> Then you got my penis. <laughs> uh, Phoebe's mother, Natalie, remembers her daughter. She was a wild child and enjoyed rich fantasy world of her own imagination. She was physically active as a young girl and loved natural spaces, wild places, and especially the ocean. Phoebe had an almost insatiable appetite for socializing. She was popular at school and loved her friends. The question is, did she put herself down there? Why would you put yourself down there anyway? I mean, that's so stupid. Like, why would someone just throw themselves down a garbage compactor? That doesn't make any damn sense. I mean, that is yeah. a horrible way to go, though, you know? horrible way to go like a unique way you know like right. yeah if 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 that was intentional why that you know mm -hmm. like kind of similar to the conspiracy that we did with the garrot around his neck you know like if that if it was if it's oh, suicide yeah, yeah. why that mm. so this is the trash compactor here this is the exact one right here this is from the coroner's inquest that was done on this case so kind of what i described there's and and these are obviously just two floors but it goes all the way up to level 23 it says here so the building was 23 floors you basically pull down this latch here the door you put your rubbish in there and it falls down right here you have the so this is actually the first floor so obviously if something's stuck in here crumbs will come up this is the compactor right here but this is the the thing that actually cuts right here pretty sure from what i'm seeing this cuts it up there's two large blades in there then it goes down to the compactor and it's about two feet long it, it's basically a, a block and i don't know you've probably seen it before but it's a trash block and it's about it's it's like a big dice and it, a cube yeah a cube it's a trash cube and then the cube falls out of this cube shaped outlet into the this bin once this bin has reached its full capacity it automatically goes to another bin so this is the exact compactor right here the echo pack 100 compactor right here the trash compactor compresses to 4,000 millimeter blocks 157 inches or about two feet in diameter it's like a cube like jen said what she's reading now is from the designer of this exact 
this exact uh, model. Model, yeah. So if you look at his wet uh, his website, Waste Tech Engineering, he's actually the owner and CEO. His son also works with him. So this is the guy that knows every. He designed this whole thing. He knows everything about it. He knows if a body can fit down there, or, or if you could put yourself down there, or whatever. He knows everything about it. From Doctor Neil Bone, great name. Mm. From Doctor Neil Bone, the engineer of the garbage system. It's Mister Neil Bone. Okay, Mr. Could you imagine Neal if he Bone. didn't have, like, the L at the end? Mr. Kneebone? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the engineer of the garbage system, an object or person passing through the compactor would activate a light sensor, it, which in turn would operate the compactor blade. The compactor blade is designed to compress the rubbish bags with substantial force, the hydraulic cylinder exerting a force of 3.3 tons in order to form a plug ready for release into a static wheelie bin on a rotation device. That sounds like super <clears throat> complex. I can't yeah. follow exactly what that is, but it yeah. sounds <clears throat> like a lot of force. He also said that there is a no blade. There is no way that someone could fit in there themselves without help. He's the one that designed this thing. And he says that there is no way someone could pull down that ledge and jump in there. Well, you know, what's interesting, if you go back to the photo of the device, like first you have to get, you know, the into the chute and then there's like an angle at the bottom, which if you were alive, like, I don't know, like, would you just slide like or would you have to like contort? Yourself. Yeah. And at that point, would you want to figure out what's going down there? You right. know, I don't know. So this isn't the exact one, but this is a better view of the carousel. As you can kind of see here. Mm -hmm. So that's not the exact one. But so I guess when I've ever thought of like, because I think people like when I was younger, I just assumed that a trash chute would be like a slide and it, you just go down right. and like, it's well, yeah, just you do go down and empty, but it would be like just downward we yeah. Yeah. yeah i know because in the the cartoons and stuff they they slide down there yeah 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 which is not accurate i mean no. yeah apparently yeah i didn't know that they were there were compactors well I mean, maybe now newer, you know maybe just, newer buildings are to stay away from the damn things <laughs> oh yeah i guess in the old days yeah i'm just saying like i i just i never like if i were just someone curious like oh on a dare let's go do this and you're maybe i wouldn't never do this on like a you know multi-story building but if you're like on the second floor oh yeah right because like, i don't yeah, know i feel like there are episodes of shows where like they're like kids are like trying to hide from something yeah. and they like just jump in the garbage yeah. chute and it shows them like yeah yeah, yeah. Down. yeah. yeah but i never knew there, there was like these <laughs> so yeah take note children like yeah. here is not just, this is not a. It is not a joyride. Yeah, and not, if you want you're not a gonna, joyride, you're not go going to fall in a fluffy pile of garbage bags. Oh my god! Could you imagine if we had like a true crime themed amusement park, and like instead of having the blades, we actually was like a slide. It's it was like, like the a perfect, garbage shoot. perfect for yeah. Anatomy yeah, Park yeah, yeah. shirt that John's yeah. wearing from Rick and Morty. <laughs> true crime. This body of the female was a mangled mess, lying face up near the doorway. Her jeans were pulled down below her knees. That's weird. Mm. Quote: The waistband is just below the knees. The right leg of the jeans 
jeans is extensively torn. The black leather belt with studs is looped through the first and second belt loops at the front on the left. This conveyor belt is not going to pull someone's pants down. I, I do want to say there's no sexual trauma on this female. Okay. And her cause of death, which you can weigh in here. What do you think her cause of death was since you're the PA here? Well, okay. let me get to more. That wasn't a fair question. Her cause of death was blood loss, which is called exsanguination. Yep. Cause of death, blood loss. She basically had a severe injury to her right leg, two inches above the ankle. She wasn't wearing any shoes or socks, and there was no shoes or socks found in the garbage room. There was also blood on the control panel and on one of the two elevator lifts going the the actual you get in the elevator and go up to your room. I also think it's interesting that the injury was above her ankle because that would indicate that she went feet first. Yes, that's right. yeah. So mm, she had okay. to go feet first. Yeah. She had a number of cuts and abrasions to her legs and buttocks. The author of the book asked, how could you sustain such bruises going feet first down a narrow chute and landing feet first in a bin? She had bruises all around her shoulders and, and everything else. Parts that didn't actually touch any of the blades uh, are the actual anything because she went feet first. So the reason she died is because that large blade cut her ankle and severed every major artery in that ankle. Her ankle was virtually amputated, say for a few tendons holding on the, the flesh. So her cause of death was her bleeding out from her ankle. If they'd been big bruises, they might have been caused by the compactor. But these sounded more like bruises left by someone's fingers. Hmm. Her right foot was almost completely severed off, like I said. And there were also lacerations on her legs, back, and buttocks. Quote, virtually amputated below the joint between the tibia and fibula, attached by a couple of tendons. Now, you, you can tell us this. The, the tendons apparently that were holding it on are, are very strong. That's what the author was talking about so there's a few tendons that really do the brunt work mm -hmm. those tendons didn't didn't give in so basically that blade one of two sliced her foot basically off and then the machine interrupted itself it stopped because there was a abnormality in the system and well it just doesn't stop like that obviously you got this blade that's going around super fast all the big arteries in her ankles were severed in her ankle was severed when the body was lifted up a pair of broken Prada sunglasses fell to the ground you'll see a photo of her wearing those sunglasses so ask yourself why why did she have those sunglasses on her to begin yeah. with a single lens from that Prada sunglasses were found and a blister pack of Diabetics 1000. You know what that is? D-I-A-B-E-T-I-X. Asking why this machine would even release a human body. And they were asking Mr. Bone this because he didn't, he didn't believe it and he designed the damn thing. He said the only way that it could actually release this body full out onto the floor is that if her hip, her hip bone was jammed in the the compaction chamber and that being jammed released the uh, opening and, and basically threw her out on the floor I'm going to talk about the investigation. It was it was botched, completely botched investigation, terrible investigation. Nothing you can do about it now, but this will be important for any questions you have. The lead investigator was a detective sergeant Butterworth. Love that name. <laughs> Another great name, yes. Mr. Bone, Mr. Butterworth. Like yeah. I want some pancakes now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, 
you know where's mrs butterworth <laughs> yeah what his is name is that still a, like is she has she been canceled or was it just no. on jemima yeah just butterworth, jemima. butterworth yeah. is still a thing yeah okay although i feel like the bottle was very inappropriate like yeah. was that the shape of her body big old yeah. titties yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of scandalous yeah was, did you take that brand of syrup into your room all often as a child <laughs> well so i had the one it has miss miss butterworth but it doesn't have a, a cap on the the top it's it on just, the bottom no it just has like two little caps on the nips and you can uh, okay never mind that's stupid <laughs> i used to have sex with mrs butterworth yeah mm. all right sounds sticky <laughs> it does <laughs> well i will tell you this Having a name like Butterworth and then completely botching an entire investigation oh, does not look good. No. He was the lead investigator. And this is this is going to set the precedent on how bad this police investigation went. OK, they didn't even look in the trash that she in the trash bin that she fell in. They didn't even look for any clues or anything. They just threw the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> It would be hours before fingerprints were even dusted. So they know that she came from the 12th floor, as you'll, you'll see how. But as Detective Butterworth is sitting there, two hours into the investigation, three hours into the investigation, he notices, wait, what's that noise? Someone is throwing trash down the chute. <laughs> There's a crime scene and someone's dumping their, you know, their trash down the chute. <laughs> I feel like that would be me though. Be like, excuse me, gotta throw my trash out. Are you busy here? Do you mind? I'm sorry. Which is crazy because the apartment you everyone knows there's cops all outside. I mean, just to do that, I feel I don't know. So anyway, it was completely, completely botched. The paramedics, they got there. They were not even allowed to be inside the room. The the lead paramedic is looking through the window, which she'll claim later that this has given her nightmares for months after. She's looking through the window trying to assess if this woman is still alive or not. We'll never know if she's still alive or if she's still alive because she didn't die when she fell in the compactor. We know that because there's blood smears all around the damn room right so how long was it yeah Yeah. i mean was she still alive i don't know you have a paramedic you can at least check her pulse but no ma'am i know you're a paramedic and you but you can't come in here it's an an active crime scene that's their job Mm -hmm. (laughs) jesus christ that's bizarre like what isn't it isn't it standard procedure that if there is a body like you need to be able to because jack was a um an emt before she was a pa like isn't it standard Mm -hmm. procedure that you have to like ensure that the the decedent is dead oh yeah yeah you go into crime scenes all the time and the officers will kind of direct you where to go like just don't step here don't step there and Hmm. yeah and you have to like pronounce people dead and hmm. so what what was that like the first time you had to do that pretty surreal yeah 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 it's pretty pretty creepy mm. kind of weird so what if you got to a crime scene and the lead detective's like no you can't go in there and but you don't know if yeah. she's still alive or not yeah that yeah. would give you that would be concerning give you mm-hmm. i mean this the lead paramedic was haunted by this oh yeah and there's a large part of the coroner's inquest where we cannot actually answer if she was still alive or not. Yes, she may be completely unre- unresponsive and, and unconscious, but as they're doing the crime scene, she's yeah. laying there. She could literally have been alive. Right. We do not know. And we could right. have had this mystery solved. Exactly. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. We would not be talking. No one would be talking about this case if she was still alive yeah. and said, what happened? 
it's yeah. sad because like that well happened. my boyfriend threw me down there mm-hmm. all right one detective note and and the room that she was living in is 1201 so on the 12th floor one detective went up there once they figured out the room and noticed a quote large dirty boot or shoe print heading away from said room 1201 with a length of stride that showed him that this person leaving was running that was never it was never followed up on it was never photographed that lead wouldn't even hit detective butterworth until months later when he's like oh shit people are mad at me because this may not have been you know so simple there's no evidence now i'm sorry that the maid is already cleaned up everything there's you know so first you're gonna like not actually know if the body is dead and then you're not gonna once you figure out who the victim is look at their floor and see if there's evidence there i feel like i can make a better detective than this person all right to give that's saying a lot i can't say to give this guy credit but the sentiment when he arrived which is about an hour and a half after the body was found the sentiment there was okay this was a suicide so he went into the mindset yeah it's, he's obviously probably should lose his job but he went into the mindset of okay this is a suicide so we don't need to dust for fingerprints why it's not a murder you know what i'm saying i don't mm-hmm. know it's weird one resident said the previous monday she saw a woman in her mid-20s with spiky black hair which is phoebe because she had her hair spiky like that she was crying at the bottom of the car park and there was a, a man with her making her cry. Hmm. Like, was he yelling at her? Or All she said was it seemed like this man who was with her was trying to avoid being seen. So he would like, you know, kind of turn his head, try not to. Well, no one wants to be seen making someone cry unless you're an absolute monster. Yeah. The paramedic that arrived, who police wouldn't let into the crime scene, saw cuts on her right thigh and hip. Her right foot was in an unnatural position, which means her ankle was fractured. This is her other ankle, not the severed one. And she noticed a generalized cyanosis, which is like a bluish tinge. Mm -hmm. In fact, no medically trained person attended Phoebe after she was discovered. No one laid hands on her to see if she was still warm or check to see if she was actually dead. The first people to enter the room after it was declared a crime scene were the crime scene specialists who arrived some hours later. They revealed that, going by the blood trails, it was likely that Phoebe had survived the fall and crawled around trying to get out of the room. When they were outside of the room, they couldn't even tell if the blood trails just then happened. It's it's that bad. Like, they didn't do anything. She could have been alive and trying to you know please look at me type of thing terrible i feel like this is this is concerning i know this was 12 years ago but at the same time you expect the people to be that are first responders to kind of be experts in what they're doing and not just someone that's like oh maybe we should look at this like well like, the, the first responders were experts that they, they they weren't let into the crime scene. not right, talk about right. the paramedics i'm talking about like the oh, police the officers and yeah. detectives that you know yeah. if you're looking for something especially if there is possibility of a crime to take place you want to make sure you're looking at all of the details and not just like moping around yeah i mean i don't want to go too hard on the police but i do got to say that they they sucked it up i mean you know because that's the reason you know no one knows what happened but 
It's all right because there's CCTV. So there was a camera pointing towards the garbage disposal. It showed the garbage disposal. So that's fine. Let's just get that. And it actually showed inside the garbage room. So not only can we tell who put her down the chute, we can we can uh, see if she was alive when she fell out of the chute. So let's just go get that. End of story, right? Well, the, the, the general manager there at the hotel went up to the uh, detective and said, listen, and he also went up to several of the police officers. Hey, listen, there's there's a problem with the camera system. It loops back over itself about 48 hours later. So it's going to loop back over itself and record over itself within 48 hours. It would be two months before they asked for that CCTV. Oh, my. <laughs> Not it, even the day uh, of. Whoa. <laughs> They didn't even ask, can I see what happened? <laughs> like, right, right. Not even morbid curiosity to see someone get, yeah. you know. I would be curious. <laughs> I'd be like, how the hell does somebody get in there? Yeah. Right. right. So, wow. and like I said, they didn't even, they didn't even look into the garbage bin that she fell in. <laughs> the CCTV would have showed the corridor of the, the, the refuse room, the, the actual, you know, where on the 12th floor where you dump it and in the actual garbage room. So the CCTV did actually bring up one image of Phoebe. The only CCTV system that was working accurately was at the front door. And we do see Phoebe walking out that day. This is her right here. And strangely, oddly, and her, her dog's name is Yoshi. But you see, she's not wearing any shoes. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can't really tell. But she is wearing sunglasses. This is her. You see, this is at 1144. This is going out the front door. You see, entry. This is the only camera that they could, that didn't loop over itself. Oddly, and it never happens, especially not twice, but there were two fire alarms that went off that day. Two fire alarms. And this has never happened before. One of them went off at 1130 a.m., which she evacuated with everyone else on the 23 floors. Everyone had to evacuate. And the, the next went off at 6.05 p.m., which we do not have her on camera because she didn't evacuate mm -hmm. at that point. All right. So where, where, are you, where are you at now as far as, you know, I mean, I'll show you the killer here in a second. Well, I'm just wondering how you would keep track of who evacuated and who didn't and who was home and who wasn't if you're talking about a 23 floor apartment building like when right. we have fire drills at work you know you have a roster that you have to take attendance from and see who's here who's not but whoever is taking the attendance knows who is not there for that time period but how would you keep track of something like that with a 23 floor apartment building where you have adults who are at work who aren't at work who have other activities to do and not right. you know you know how would you keep track of something like that so yeah good question they do have key fobs that red Register on every place you go. Even if you go to the gym on the first floor, there's a restaurant on the first floor. Every time you swipe the card, however, during a fire alarm. There's a restaurant? Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be so awesome to have a restaurant on the floor that you live. Oh, God. Yeah. Every, you were still every, every night, I'd be like, can you just deliver this to the front door, please? <laughs> you would still DoorDash if they didn't deliver. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, just what do I have to do to make you drop this off the front door, please? But to answer your question, which is a great question, the only time you wouldn't use a key fob is when you're going down the fire exit because you're not opening any door. You just open your one door and then it's just stairs mm -hmm. that go out right. to get you out quickly. Mm -hmm. And then there's a camera system, obviously, on the front, which we saw her. But you could literally you could you could be unregistered, you know, going from a fire alarm. 
type of thing because usually the apartment is really secure. You got to scan. You have to actually scan in to get to your floor. So if I want to go to the 12th floor, I can't just hit the, the button. I got to scan my key fob and then hit the 12th floor. The only way it's going to put me up there is if I have a key fob. So kind of okay. like in hotels, yeah. if you're you have to if you're above a certain floor, you have to have the Hard, access yeah. to it. But like I'm wondering if <laughs> not they, in the best Western. Okay, you fancy. Yeah, but yeah, I'm wondering shit. if they had a when you used your fob, if it you know, for example, the front entrance, like if you don't need your fob to get out of the building, you only need it to get into the building, right? Like, or do you, are you supposed to like, because if you are only use it when you go into the building, how can you track if someone is not there? What? No, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to use it coming out unless right. you're getting into the carport or, or like the gym. If you go to the gym or the restaurant, you have to sign in, but just... Yeah, if you if you're on the right, so it would only see if you're coming into the building, but not if you left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Let's talk about the which board. is normal though. Like if right, I yeah. if I'm um it, at, at work, you have to scan in, not out. Right. right. But like, how can you track? You can only track if someone came in and not out. So if they were out but didn't come back in, or if they like how, we're, if we're, someone we're, leaves, how do you know if they left? We'll get to the key card system. It, obviously, that's a huge thing. So we'll get to that. But anyway, let's talk about the killer i meant excuse me the boyfriend uh anthony ant this is him right here with his hand on his eyebrows his, are suspicious they are with his hand on his property here <laughs> he looks like an angry tim curry like who's tim curry who's tim curry is he a basketball player no what you're thinking fuck? of steph curry tim curry he was he's um he's a he's a uh, an actor, British yeah, actor, right? Yeah, he's a British actor. Um, he was in Rocky Horror. He was Nigel Thornberry. He was in so many. He was in a lot of things. He he was in Charlie's Angel. He was in a lot of things. He actually had a. He was a singer too. I don't he believe you. All right. <laughs> he does not exist. So it's fine. We know that alarm happened around six p.m. Six eleven, I think. She didn't show up. Now the body was found at seven, a little after seven p.m. And they don't know who it is. There's, I mean, there's literally a thousand people in this apartment building, probably more, until eight ten p.m. When the boyfriend Anthony Hample otherwise known as Ant, comes down to the detectives asking about his missing girlfriend, who also lives in the same apartment. He said that Phoebe was missing, and there was also broken glass and blood in their apartment. Mm. Now, it's a little weird because he orders Chinese food when there's cops outside, mm. but he doesn't, he doesn't think anything of it. The delivery man for the Chinese food is like, what the hell's going on? It took me an hour to get up here. So many cops down there. So he orders, obviously, Chinese food for himself, a one order type of guy, eats it. And then he's like, well, where's my girlfriend? There's blood and glass everywhere. In the apartment? In the apartment. Blood and glass everywhere in the apartment. And I'm going to eat my Chinese food. And then I'm going to go talk to detectives. Which is interesting if you're ordering just one meal for a Chinese food right. period, yeah. because yeah. when I order, they throw in seven fortune cookies, <laughs> assuming, <laughs> assuming there's multiple people eating yeah. with me. And I just like Chinese food and a variety of things. I love <laughs> Chinese food. And it's always a problem because I always order too much. But in my head, I'm like, oh, that's not, they're not, it's not going to well, be. A little yeah. this, a little that. I'll get like know? three yeah. appetizers, an entree, and maybe right. something else. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we only ordered just for himself, like didn't even pretend. Right. Or or like he he he's not a, you know, 
platter kind of guy. I'm more of a cat kind of guy, you know. Let's talk about Ant and his reaction. He says, my my girlfriend Phoebe is missing. And once he figures out that that's her, the detective's like, listen, your girlfriend is most likely her and she's deceased. He falls on the ground and he starts screaming, quote, why, why? She's dead. Oh, you don't know that, Shouldn't he not be terribly surprised if there's blood and glass in his own apartment? Detective Justin O'Brien also recorded the impressions of the boyfriend as no tears, no mucus, and no red eyes. But he was screaming on the on the floor he was unconsolable he was, ah! you know, why shit i got that thing <laughs> <laughs> how long is this gonna take <laughs> All right, so let's talk about how they met. In 2009, they met. She was 23, and he was... Do you want me to show you a picture again? Guess a, guess the age? Because there is a little age difference. 36. Here. Yeah, pretty close. He's almost oh, 40. All right. I think he was 38. So she's 26. He's almost 40. He's an event manager. So he does music events, and he's a big shot. In fact, the, the uh, author talks about how when she first introduces him, about how he pulls up in his Range Rover. Now, now Phoebe is basically broke she's a she works part-time at a you know serving at a bar and she does another job which we're going to talk about here in a second but the boyfriend is rich and she is not you know and they live together so he worked in the music promotion and event planning he was very successful his friends were not only celebrities but they were also rich and interesting all right he grew up in the prestigious wellesley college and the victorian College of Arts. He went to both of those. His father is a very prestigious judge in Australia, very well known in Australia. And his stepmother, which we'll get to, is Felicity Hample, is one of Australia's leading human rights lawyers and the past president of Liberty Victoria. Mm. So... Prominent family. Very prominent family. Oh, my God. Very prominent family. All right. So this couple is already kind of mismatched because Phoebe's family, they're not poor, but they're they're middle class. And he is high, very upper class. And his family is very upper class. The author talks about how when Phoebe moved in to the apartment, there were, quote, strange strings attached with the with the setup. Basically, she was talking about how he forced her to pay rent. I believe it was $150 uh, a week or something like that. Now, Ant found her a job at Savvy, which is an ad agency that he was a part of, working three days a week. And over about eight months or so, that relationship started to fracture and things got real bad real quick. All right. As far as Ant's whereabouts that day, his friend Christo Van Ingman, who also lived in the building, he was the alibi. He says that him and Ant had been at a meeting in the city from 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. At that point, Ant drives Christo back to Valencia, and then Ant goes back to his office with a co-wor- another co-worker. So Christo is now in the building. Now, the key cards are real, real iffy with this point because there are times when they don't register in the in the swipe thing. So where are you guys at right now? We, we uh, talked about the shoot. What do you think? Do you think a body could fit in the shoot? A lot of people think that it's impossible to actually put yourself in in a shoot. Well, go ahead. No, no, no you say, got you know, she had the bruises on her shoulders. So clearly the force that somebody forced her. I was thinking like it is hard for a you can't get a pizza box directly into it without folding it so like a large pizza Mm -hmm. so um a body can definitely 
fit. That's for sure. But a lot of force. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to like think. The only time I lived in a, a an apartment complex that had a shoot was my soft freshman and sophomore year of college. I'm just wondering, did, did he have, like, were, did they find any prescriptions or, like, was there any evidence in the toxicology report that would Ooh. suggest that she had some sort of drug that would have, like, maybe like a roofie or something that she maybe not was conscious when she was put into the, or when she entered the chute because, like, it, the blood splatter was... Um, sh- showing that you know she was alive when she went through the machine because of the the blood patterns. Then, like one would maybe think that if you can't get in there when you're by yourself and you were forced into it, like doesn't necessarily mean that she was putting up a fight. It just means that she was you know they couldn't get her in there. So, or could the bruises have been from other abuse? Right. I think that's another. Right. Like, was he just physically abusive to her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Channel Nine actually did a reconstruction of the trash shoot and. And they actually had two. So this is the the trash sheet right here. Show you. So you see, it's kind of small to get into. You pull that thing down. It's about uh, two, two and a half feet off the ground. How far does it open? Are we going to see? What he does or what this channel does is they do a reconstruction of the whole thing. They basically create the whole thing from scratch. And then they see if if a body can fit in there or not. Let me. Uh, so she has a very hard time getting in there by herself. Is I will she tell the you same that. size? Yeah, she's the same size. And, and the only way that she'll actually fit in there all the way down is with her hands above her head like that. But just getting in there was very it, it was near impossible. This right here is a is a video of two of Phoebe's friends who are the same size. And this was right after it happened happened they tried to reenact it and they have safety harnesses on but you you'll see how hard it is to to get into the chute here so this is the actual chute okay. from right. the same apartment building same apartment same floor this okay. is two of her good friends they're like no there's no way someone can put themselves in there so they have safety harnesses on so to get in there you have to i mean it's, it's almost impossible to get in there you have to push up against something the wall or something you know like that is very hard to get in there. Both of them tried it. The only way they could do it is sit on the sit backwards on the chute for a little bit and then kind of shimmy their way in there. And how long did it take them to get in there? Because you would think that if it took more than, you know, two minutes, you would have had someone... Would that be caught that on camera or right. something? Yeah. Not only caught on camera, but like someone, a passerby right. saying like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, exactly. you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to ask if she had any, like what, if you could remind me of what time maybe she went into the chute because did she have any problems with like sleepwalking or anything? Well, hold on. So this is this is the reconstruction of it. You see how hard it is right here to get in here. It can be done, but it's a lot easier to put someone in there unconscious, someone drugged. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah but uh, Shram made a good point of the door could have caused bruising. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is the door right here. You know, it's a pretty tight fit in there. You know, you bring the door down and then you get in there. Now there were no fingerprints. Phoebe's fingerprints weren't even on. On the door mm. or anything or the frame or any or the frame or anything no 
even if like that's strange even if she didn't go in there by herself even if she was put on there you'd think that maybe she would have someone had to open the well, door somebody's fingerprints right yeah there. right unless but, they were wearing gloves right but, but even oh that's if, a good point i didn't think about that yeah. but even if she, even if she wasn't the one who opened the door and went in there herself like surely her hands would have brushed up against something in the right. area you would have thought yeah like the frame mm-hmm. or the tram says someone clearly wiped it down yeah i mean i mean it was hours before they even checked so Definitely someone could have wiped it down, but there was no fingerprints at all on the thing, even the pull-down handle. Okay, one thought on the wiping it down. Could that have been from cleaners? No. Wiping, like, no. If, if, like, a cleaning crew is coming to wet, clean yeah, the but, floors in the hallway? Yeah, but the, as soon they got all the cleaning crews out. Okay. I know it took a while for them. It took a while for them to actually go to each floor before they knew where Phoebe came from, mm-hmm. what floor, and... The, basically they put signs up do not dump trash down here yada 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 type of thing yeah you know for all 23 floors but there were no cleaners cleaning during that time so it couldn't have been that okay and in fact the cleaner was already in phoebe's apartment earlier that day which we'll talk about there was no fingerprints is what i'm trying to say and it wasn't cleaned by a cleaner that we know of so what do you guys think so far I mean, I'm not convinced of her going in there by herself. No, somebody yeah. turned to it. Well, I will say that there was, and we're going to get into this, there were some other things weird about the boyfriend. Okay, number one, he had control of Phoebe's iPhone, her cell phone, and then when it came time for him to turn it over to police, there was no SIM card in it. Mm-hmm. Everything was erased. And then Phoebe's brothers, she has two younger brothers, they went into her email. They finally got into her email, and there was... No email. It was all erased, completely erased. The only one to have access to that would be her boyfriend, Anthony. So things are not looking good for him. Nope. <laughs> what do you think? Nope. <laughs> so where we? Where's everyone in this room at now? I mean, at this so point, su- suicide, accident, murder. Well, murder. I feel like yeah. accident is a hard one. Yeah. Like either it was in it like I don't she was trying to get down the chute yeah. or not, or someone put her down there or not. All right. We're going to change things up a little bit. This is going to be the end of this part. But before I end this part, and it's going to be two parts. And if you're not a supporter, those will be out next week. Don't worry about it. But if you're a member, then you can stay on with us after I finish this up. But I want to take us take us one year forward. And I, w- I want to take us to Baltimore. I know it's completely different from Australia. And I want to talk about something else. And I'm going to tie this all together. But right now, I want to talk about this girl right here. Can you describe her? Um, young, maybe early 20s, Caucasian with brunette, like brown hair. Yeah. All right. So you're asking, why am I talking about her? This is Elizabeth Howes. I think that's how you spell her name. H-A-U-Z-E, Howes. This is 2011. This is the Park Charles Luxury Apartment Complexes we're going to now. Now, this is in Baltimore. This is a completely different incident that we're going to talk about, but it does tie together. So this is the... Oh, it's kind of a similar shaped... Apartment yeah. building. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, where in Baltimore is this? Oh, yeah, you're from, you, you've been in Baltimore. She went to school there. It's yeah. next to Omar's place. Where's, uh? so this is Park Charles Street. I don't know where your school, so Nicole went to La, La Loya. Loyola. 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 <laughs> Which was one of Shram's trivia questions. Oh, nice. Um, about what my mascot was. The Greyhound. Well, here's the John Hopkins Hospital. So yeah. where, where's University oh. of Maryland? Uh, no, no, no you never, we're, we were very close to 
Johns Hopkins University. Like so, Nicole, distance. do you know where this apartment complex is? Um, yeah, North Charles Street was where half of our campus was. Okay, all right. So, but, so it's but Park Charles, um, like that looks more like it's da- like in the heart of. That looks more closer to like the Johns Hopkins area. Oh, they got a restaurant there, the Peanut Shop. Ooh, you think they have boiled peanuts there? Mm. Well, down here we call them bold peanuts. <laughs> so, all right, th- there is a reason why I'm bringing uh, this girl up. I know it has uh, nothing to do with Phoebe's case, but if you want to read this headline for us, Nikwees, body of recent Loyola University graduate found in trash chute. Wow. So Nicole went to La Loya University. Loyola. <laughs> La- Cray- Nicole went to Crayola University. <laughs> <laughs> broken crayons still color that's true okay all right so this is one year later i know this is a different case but it does tie all together we're talking about a an honor student who just recently graduated from the university of loyola university loyola university loyola 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 university loyola it's like Toyota, but yeah, instead yeah, of the T's, yeah. it's L's. Okay. All right. So this 23-year-old grew up in a nice family near Valley Forge. She graduated with honors, degree in education. She met a man that night. Mm. Now, she was just in town. So she's on Philadelphia. This 23-year-old from a very nice family near Valley Forge goes to school in Baltimore. She goes back there just to visit some friends in Baltimore. The weekend that she was there, she meets a man. Wait, when was the weekend? What do you mean? So there's like a an annual event in which postgrads go back. It's called the Bull and Oyster Roast. And it's like for seniors plus um, alums. October 18th, 2011. I can't remember if it was a spring or fall event. But. We're having our 10-year reunion here in Charleston. All right, listen, guys. Listen, guys. She met she met a man that night, and they went back to his apartment room. And this was, I believe, on the 17th floor or something like that. And all of a sudden, she disappears. The man was cleared of all wrongdoing, and she ended up at the bottom of the trash chute in the exact situation that Phoebe Hanzuck ended up at the bottom of the trash chute. Mm. She was dead. One resident says, quote, I'm a little sketched out by it. Another I don't believe this. I think she was killed. All right. Police spokesman Anthony. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Uh, Guglamini says, quote, there are no evidence on the body that's consistent with foul play. Another resident says, I'm going to move out. Now, this is from a friend of hers in on a Reddit page right here. She is trying to get to the bottom of this. I've been struggling with this post. I can provide information if interested, but first I'll start with Emily specifically. On October 15, 2011, she went home from the bar with a guy she had met that night. The next day unfolded as one of the worst in my life, as we couldn't find her and eventually heard the news about a body being found in a dumpster. Emily had gone down the trash chute in the Park Charles apartment and was discovered the next day. She was 23 years old in the exact same situation that Phoebe went down. Mm, I feel she's like she's not suicidal. What does that do for you? Anything? Just makes me more suspicious of what happened in Australia. All right. We're actually going to around the same time as Phoebe, another case, separate incident, same apartment building. Exact same apartment building. Exact same apartment building. What? Can you read this? For second time, body found at bottom of trash chute. Within the same year. Well, one was 2010 and then Emily's was 2011. Another. I do 
don't think we talked wait, about this the first time we covered. Wait, wait, this the same case. body is this in Philadelphia or in Australia? I'm so confused. Baltimore. I meant th- Baltimore. Forget about Phoebe for a second. Okay, we're okay. This, so is, this is other is cases. Mm-hmm. This is other cases here in America that have the exact same situations. It went down the exact same way. They all fell in the trash chute or were put put down there. These two on the left, you got Emily, who we yeah. just talked about, right. the honors graduate. On the right, we have a Harsh Kumar, who was a senior IT leader at John Hopkins University. His sister, an anesthesiologist, grows up, has a, a father who is also in medicine, very loving family, not suicidal as what the, the cops say that you know he may have been, had a great job, had a future lined up. All of a sudden, he's in the trash. Not even a year later, Emily is in the trash in the same apartment building. The same apartment building. Park Charles, the same one in the same trash compactor. Same one. How? 2010, Harsh Kumar, 30 years old, fell down the exact same trash chute. Massive injuries, fractured skull, broken neck and ribs, 16 stories, large tears and blood stains, fingernails dirty and bloody. The medical examiner says this death is undetermined. So he's not a suicide. It's not a murder. I don't know. It's undetermined. Well, did he? But he had injuries to his neck. Like maybe he. Well, that could have been the blade. Yeah, but I mean, if he went down headfirst, maybe he was. Maybe something like he accidentally dropped something was in there. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, but the fingernails being dirty, like the thought of sort of bite or pushing back. Well, there was blood under the fingernails. Baltimore Baltimore PD said these two events are just a coincidence. I don't know about that. Same building. One commenter says the Baltimore PD is a disgrace. This is obviously a cover up. Kumar's father said, quote, it was very hard for us to understand how it could have been an accident. We were under the opinion that it was foul play. So what do you guys think about this? Kind of crazy. Yeah, I'd say. Shram asked a good question. Did they test the blood under his fingernails? Like, was it his own blood? Right. Mm -hmm. No, they just, it's just suicide. From what I saw, they did not test that blood. They, Hmm. they brushed it off as a suicide. Hmm. All right, so we're going to talk about all those on the the next episode. Plus, we're going to get into Phoebe's life. We're going to get into some stuff with her and Anthony. I'm diving extremely deep into her background on the next one. This one was kind of a teaser. Okay. Oh, but wait, hold on one second. What's this? Nicole, can you read this? Revealed New York socialite who was found dead at the bottom of a trash chute in her $6,500 per month apartment was having an affair with married WebMD CEO before her 2018 death, whose name was also on her lease. A New York a so- headline. A New York socialite. This is her right here. Where does she end up? The trash. Trash. In the trash. Trash. In, in the, the trash, man. In the $6,500 a month apartment, she ends up down the dirty trash. Obviously, Anthony from the Phoebe case is not killing all these people, but there is a killer. There is a killer. And it's Oscar the Grouch. (laughs) I thought it was Frank from It's Always Sunny. (laughs) All right. Hold on a second. So we're going to wrap this up. But Anthony didn't kill all of these girls. He may have killed Phoebe, which we're going to determine on the next episode. However, we're also going to go over up to nine incidences where I have found so far there have been deaths via trash chute. Now, they all have one thing in common. There's one killer. I'm actually going to show you a video that I got of someone being caught in the act and a body goes down 
a trash shoot. This like, was not a reenactment. Not a reenactment. This oh, is damn. Oh, this wow. is the whole thing. It barely blipped the radar of the noose, but this man ends up falling 27 floors and it is on video. It was in a lower class neighborhood, which is why I didn't really make make the news. But we're going to talk about that in the next episode. So if you want to support us and stay on tune for that, uh, patreon.com slash talk murder. And we'll see you on the next one. So until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>